Okay, we're back with episode four of Who Nicked My Wine with Angus Plains Wines. We've got Phil Cross in with us tonight a little bit later on, but Nick, um, we're on episode four. Yes. We're drinking Langhorn Creek Cabernet Sauvignon 2014. We've got quite, this is quite a good gig. It's, you know what? This it's is pretty, a good gig. We can't complain about this. No. No, we're pretty lucky. We are lucky. Yeah. Like we're drinking sudden, good wine. We're in a studio talking about wine. We're about to meet somebody who knows a lot more about wine than we do. Well, yeah. That's gonna, not hard. It's not hard. No. He's going to teach us a lesson about wine. Well, this is a good. We've, this is a good gig. It really is a good gig. Mm. Yeah. So we're drinking 2014 Cab Sav, and I've got it. I'm going to stick my hand up straight away. Literally, you are sticking I, your my hand My hand is up. For all of those listening at home, my hand is actually up. Um, Cabernet Sauvignon, not my favourite varietal. Why is that? Um, I think it's one of those ones that the tannins just always go too far for me. Okay. Now, it may just be the Cab Savs that I've tried, and there's been a lot, um, but I just find that the tannic structure on them is one of those ones that kind of sucks my cheeks in a little bit and leaves oh. me feeling a little bit dry and claggy in the mouth, and hmm. it's kind of, it's it's like a quality point that I don't know whether it's bragging rights or amongst winemakers, whether or not to actually load the tannins up or not but for me it's something that if it's out of balance it can kill a potentially good wine what i love about this one is that the tannic structure is actually really really well balanced it is i like it a lot i've never had that issue with them um, no not really no it's funny though because even even though i say that it's probably the thing i put on my menus to match think, with my main courses more than any other one. I think it works really well with a lot of food. Well, it's with very, most, actually. It's really versatile, I think. It is. I was gonna, versatile is the word I was going to use. It is very mm. versatile, but I just find maybe it's just tannins and I don't get along so well, okay. so I prefer my softer, more mellow flavours. But I generally find that Cab Sav kind of and I don't get along. This one is an exception to that rule. Well, that's a good thing, though. It really is. Considering it would be a little bit awkward if it wasn't, if it it was like, oh, this Mm. is another Cab Sav I'm not getting on with. Yeah, yeah. It's good that you actually do really like this one. Well, I mean, considering we've got the winemaker coming in here in a minute. Yes. It's very good. Otherwise, it would get very awkward. It would be awkward and difficult and let's not go there. No, 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 that's not. So, uh, yeah, on this, this wine was just, I thought it was really nice. I think it was Mm. really, um, I was saying versatile. I think Mm -hmm. you could go with lots of different types of food. I was getting, again, as you might expect with Cab Sav, you're getting lots of berries on the nose. So blackberries, and I was getting blackcurrant on the nose as well. I don't okay, know yep. And then oddly, and I, this is odd, I was getting like capsicum. Ooh. Like give caps- it a sniff. Give it a sniff right now. Tell me if you if you get capsicum at all. Uh, hint of pepper, yeah. A little bit. Yeah, yeah. Pepper, bless you for saying using the British term. I'm saying capsicum. Mm-hmm. I know. I, what know. I, mean. I know what I mean. I know. I'm being colonial. Bless you. I know. Um, but you can get a bit of that in there, which is really odd because it's kind of like a weird savoury. It is, but, but it works. It in does, there. It's, yeah, it doesn't. It's an odd thing, and I wasn't expect. I wasn't expecting that. But that's what I was getting anyway. And then mm-hmm. it's you know. It's, I, look, I don't disagree with you. I think you're absolutely on point. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. kind of like medium-bodied soft tannins. It's it's lovely and like on the. Uh, on the palate, I'm getting like berries again, blueberries and like cranberries, maybe. Mm-hmm. Cranberries, mm-hmm. right? Like the, Just that little bit of tartness. The tartness and yeah. the sweetness together of cranberries is kind yeah. of an unusual thing. Yeah. And then some, like, maybe some cacao at the mm-hmm. end. Are you oh, getting okay. that? Yeah, a bit, a bit of chocolate. A little bit, yeah, but not like some, the kind of 
little kind of bitter dark chocolate. Like the cocoa nibs. Yeah, yeah, the of. little cacao nib things. Mm, yeah, yeah. Rather yeah. than any kind of, and no, no kind of sweet chocolate nonsense. Yeah, no, 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 no. I, I get, I get where you're coming from it's with that. Quite, it's, it's beautiful. It's, it's lovely. It's um, it's really well balanced. That's the word I was going to use. It's, it's something that I, I rave on about when I'm teaching people how to cook, and it's one of the things that I, I, I look for in anything that I'm putting in my mouth is balance. Mm. Um, it's the most important part of the entire thing. If there's a hero then the hero needs to be highlighted, but everything that's following it up needs to be supporting it equally. Yeah. Um, this is one of those ones. It's beautifully balanced. Um, Langhorn Creek's one of those developing areas in South Australia as well. I really don't know it very well. Do you know? Not it's really. It's a beautiful part of South Australia. It really is. It's um, it's Eastern Flurio um, okay. is probably the easiest way to describe it. Yeah. Um, it's just for, uh, about another... 15, 20 k's on from Strathalban. So it is right at the very base of the Adelaide Hills, pretty much directly across from McLaren Vale, about 50 k's okay. across. all right. Um, but it's its own little microclimate because it's got Lake Alexandrina there, mm-hmm. which is freshwater. Yeah. Um, but it's got the Adelaide Hills um, kind of in the background. Yeah. So I kind of know where it is. I've just, not, I've just never visited. It's a beautiful it's spot. Just a little bit f- urge, urge you to get down there. Okay. Mm. Will do. Yes, absolutely. Food. 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 What would you cook or eat with this? Okay. I was thinking rack of lamb. See three of my favourite words when you put them together. <laughs> <laughs> rack of lamb. Rack of lamb. Let's, rack get, of lamb. let's get fancy. Let's get fancy. Put a rack of lamb. Rosemary crust? Why not? Why not? That would work. Yeah. I think that would be good. Rosemary crust? Would you, would you go with the like the, the, the old um, mint sauce or would you go more of like a roasted garlic jus sort of vibe? I don't know about that. I'm not sure the mint sauce would work. I don't think the acid would work with the tannins. I think no. the acid and the tannins would actually have an argument. You know what? I think when we're talking about these food matches, I think we really usually focus on meat. We do. And that, as two carnivores, that's kind of that's naturally where enough. we go, right? And that's a, a lot of... Food and, and wine matching generally tends to, if it's red wine, meat. If it's white wine, fish. Generally is how this it works, right? dish would go really, really well with mushrooms. Yeah. And blue cheese. You reckon? It would also go very, very well with eggplant. Eggplant. I was yeah. thinking moussaka, maybe. Moussaka would be absolutely spot on with this. Or, moussaka or even a melanzani. I don't know what the, a melanzani is. Melanzani right? is the Italian um, Italian dish where they fry the eggplants in a light batter yeah. and then layer them with tomato and mozzarella cheese okay. and bake it. Oh, hello. Oh, it's really good. Hmm. I'm not a ma- I, I'm not a massive fan of eggplant. No? Not really. Okay. Uh, it's more the texture than anything. It's not the flavour. It's yeah. the texture. It's a, yeah. It can be, if it's not cooked well, it can be a bit smushy. Oh, yeah, a bit like okra. If it's not done I don't well. like okra at all. No, no, who does? Massive no for me. <laughs> who does? <laughs> but yeah, it's this texture of it, it doesn't always work. No. I was thinking actually really also this wine could, with a table full of tapas, and I know tapas means lots of different things, lots of different flavours and mm-hmm. elements, but I think it could, it could st- this particular wine could stand in for a tempranillo. Oh, okay. Could, could, could take the place of a tempranillo. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. Like the, the, the lighter styles, like if you had the manchego cheese, some chorizo, some patatas bravas yeah. with the p- paprika, Yummy. like as long as it's smoked, not sweet paprika. Yes. Um, oh, some mushrooms. Albondigas. Some albondigas fritas. Maybe even some little white bait fritters. Mm, wow. I know. Sounds crazy. I think, 
I'm not sure. I think yeah. it would work. Why bet fritters? If you did, it, do you know capers? Where do you reckon capers would go on this? Because I'm thinking, like, if you did a really, really nice, like, white bait frittata and hit it with, like, a caper dressing with some nice lemon and a little bit of parsley and wow. some garlic, I'm telling you. You reckon it would go with this cab saf? I reckon it would actually go with the cab saf. It sounds weird, I know, because most it people does, think fish and red wine, not a thing. But you That's know what? Not always the There's case. no rules. No. If it works, it works. And I'm telling you, the capers are the bridge. And they bring it in. 100%. Okay. Yeah. yeah nice. Yeah. I urge you to try it. Yeah. Let's. Let's. And <laughs> anybody that listens to this episode, if you do try that, send us back a message and let us know how you went. Does because it work? I'd be fascinated to find out. Take a photo, put it on our socials. We'd be, more, we'd be wrapped to find out what you think That'd of our food suggestions. It'd be great, wouldn't it? Mm, absolutely. Would. Do you know what would also be great? What's that? It's actually getting Phil in here and finding out what he'd serve with it. Let's do it. Should we get Phil in? Yeah, why not? Okay, cool. I think he's just waiting outside. I think he's waiting outside, and before we drink any more of his wine without him, he should probably have he a glass. He should probably come in and have a glass and yeah. tell us all about it. What do you think? Do it. Excellent. Fabulous. Well, we're here for episode four of Who Nicked My Wine with the Angus Plains Winery. Um, we've got Phil Cross here, winemaker from Angus Plains. We're drinking the 2014 PJ's Cabernet Sauvignon, Phil, and I've got to say, um, best cabs have I've had in at least, look, I don't remember the last time I had one this good. I was going to say in 10, 15 years, but back then I didn't even know what good wine was. So um, I've got to say, this is spectacular. My biggest thing takeaway from it i've got to say tannic structure you have done something magic with cab sav which is usually my least favorite purely because of the tannic structure this is so incredibly beautifully balanced how did you do it well i can't understand why you're saying cabernet is your least favorite because um oh i think cabernet is a wonderful uh, variety to work with i think it has so many little characteristics that sort of like just the bouquet can be really pretty the Tannic structure, as you say, can be variable, but um, I think in our area, in the Langon Creek area, we get really nice soft tannins, and it's a combination of the soils and the climate in that area. Yeah. Yep. Langhorn Creek, it's it, its own little microclimate, really, isn't it? It's, yeah, it's, it is. it's, it's so far removed from the McLaren Vale because it's so much further west. It's yeah, it's all, just over the hills just uh, over the from hills McLaren Vale. It's actually about the same latitude. Yeah. Okay, but yeah, I mean, you've got Strathalbyn there and then Langhorn Creek. Um, it's a its an emerging region, really, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, it has a really good uh, amount of sunlight hours each year as well. Um, as I was saying... It's on the same latitude as McLaren Vale. Um, it gets less sunlight as than the Barossa. Mm-hmm. And so it doesn't get quite the same plummy, jammy sort of flavours mm-hmm. uh, that you can get from the Barossa. But it gets a little bit more sun than you get in, say, lower regions like the Coonawarra, which they have beautiful Cabernets as well on really good years. But I think in our area, we have uh, we find it easier to really ripen the Cabernet nicely. Mm-hmm. And it, it's a combination of the sunlight as, sort of like a Mediterranean climate. We get nice cooling breezes from the local lake, Lake Alexandrina, which is not dissimilar 
to what happens in McLaren Vale because they get some really nice cooling breezes from the ocean in the mm-hmm. evening mm-hmm. to cool things down after a, quite a warm summer's day. Mm-hmm. We get nice cooling breezes from Lake Alexandria excuse me, Lake Alexandrina, to drop the overnight temperatures so that the fruit isn't just sitting and baking uh, and stewing overnight. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So what do those, those cool winds actually do to the grapes? They just cool everything down. They, it's just like when, you know, you have your house that's really hot, you open up the windows, you get a nice cool breeze through. It just brings the temperature down to a more uh, acceptable sort of like level for both you and the grapes. <laughs> So how does that impact the – so if you're making a, a Cab Sav? I'm, I'm looking on your website, and the, the Cab Sav was the first wine that you pro- ever produced in your vineyard back in – was that 2002? Yeah, in 2002, um, my wife Judy and I were growing uh, grapes, and, but we both really like red wine. So, But we really decided we'd try to find out what did make really nice red wine. And so we elected to do a Cabernet first. Um, as I said earlier, I was surprised that you didn't like Cabernet because mm-hmm. I'm a bit of a cab devotee. So okay. <laughs> I like the the variabilities uh, that you can get out mm-hmm. of a Cabernet. And so we made a Cabernet first up in 2002. And I liken it a little bit to gambling because uh, with the first wine we made, we got a, uh, we got a gold medal. And I think just as if you head off and you go to the pokies and you win first up, you think that it can happen again. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, uh, so we did Cabernet and then we did a Shiraz and it happened again. So then we were hooked. So mm. we, There's something made, to this, you thought? Yeah, yeah. Maybe we're good at it. Yeah. But look, it's, well, it's, I think it's very hard yeah. to follow up a number one album with a number one album. And if you've managed to do that, you've done two different styles, you're obviously doing something right. Yeah, yeah. well, uh, the red wines, that's what I said. I do think we're in a lucky area for... Uh, uh, getting the soft tannins, which everybody likes. And mm-hmm. and this Cabernet you mentioned, I think it has a really lovely bouquet. I think um, the first thing about it is the bouquet. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people just go straight past it and take a gold. But to get the full effect of some of these wines, mm-hmm. you really need to just sort of take a step back, examine every bit as you go through. And then, of course, the colour is another aspect. But I the, love the, the colour of it, yeah. absolutely. It's, it's got a really nice, rich colour to it. Um and on the nose, the first thing I got was just that little hint of aniseed. Yeah, yeah. Just that lovely little, but it wasn't like your your deep licorice sort of aniseed. It was far more of like your, your star anise or almost mm. like your, That's your true. Vietnamese yeah. pho or that sort of thing. Mm. That Just that mm. really soft, subtle sort of um, bouquet on it. But uh, once you taste it, gee, wow, it takes on an entirely different characteristic altogether. It doesn't lose the softness, but it just kind of backs it up with a really big punch of flavour. Yeah, it's funny when I describe it to people in the cellar door, I often say, this is a really solid but soft tannin, which sounds like, uh, you know, sounds Sounds like light yet filling. (laughs) Sitting on the fence, but Fresh frozen, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The other thing about it is that I think um, we aged this for a year in French oak, and I think the Cabernet... Uh, really does take to the French oak. Um, yeah, as one of the Bordeaux blends, absolutely. I think yeah. so. I think the for me, uh, our wines anyway, I think the American oak tends to overpower the Cabernet. Mm. I think the Shiraz can hold it, and it fits quite well, but I think the Cabernet really fits quite well with the French oak. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So this, I mean, you, I think you say... Um, on your website, this can be cellared for 10 years, 15 years? Yeah, well, uh, this one we're drinking is 2014, so we're already six years into it. Mm. 
and um, I don't see any problem with selling this for another four or five years. So what do you, what do you that think fits might... into that that sort of like genre. Yeah, what do you think might happen to the wine over that course of time? It just gradually mellows out. Uh, um, it just gradually becomes more integrated. There's a whole lot of things that sort of come together. Um, we drank a 2002 Cabernet from a Magnum just uh, just the end of last year, and that was just delicious. So just all the flavours come together. Ne- next time you do that, can you give me a call? I'll leave. Yeah, you. give us a. What's all this me business? <laughs> us. Oh, sorry, can you give us. us a call? Usually by the time it's uh, it's too late. Yeah, by the time it's open, uh, the, and. You'd have to be three quarters of an hour away for a, so uh, you know. Well, uh, I hate to be a sports ball. Plan ahead, uh, plan ahead, and let us know. <laughs> sounds fair. Lovely. Sounds fair. Well, you, you just spoke about your cellar door, and it's won plenty of plaudits. I think best cellar door award 2019 from Gourmet Traveller Wine. Yeah, that's well, right. What yeah. makes your cellar door somewhere that like wine lovers should visit? Um, there's a few things. We're off the beaten track a little bit, so we're actually in the vineyard uh, and that in itself has a nice feel the actual area we've chosen for the cellar door is on a bit of a rise and so you're not looking just straight into the vines you're looking uh, across the vines and then there's a ring of gum trees and stuff in the background and behind that there's a backdrop of the Adelaide Hills and just sort of like it sets it off really nicely and then we've been Mm. serving food there for uh, since about 2006 or eight or something, I suppose. And we have many people come back, you know, just as a sort of like an outing to have mm-hmm. sit and have something to eat. And I think we're recognised as one of the ones that started food at the cellar doors in our area. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. And um, it really is a, it's a value add now that's almost expected that when you go to a cellar door, there will be a food offer of some description or another. And it's not necessarily because a lot of people, it's not their primary source of income and or their primary focus. It's not always done well and doesn't necessarily represent the wine so well. So when you do do that and you win plaudits for it and it's not necessarily the field that you're dipping your toe into, then, yeah. again, clearly you're doing something right. Yeah, it's a fantastic I've got to say, thing. Judy's fairly fanatical about um, making sure the food goes out mm-hmm. right for the people. So yeah. uh, I think she has to take the credit for that. Excellent. Um, well, just I, the, the I element stand of... at the front and, and <laughs> offer the wines. But yeah. Yeah, it's... it's the element of love and care that goes into your wines. It goes into the food that you provide at the cellar door as well. Yeah, I think so. It all has to come together, doesn't it? It all has yeah. to be part of it. Um, you have to treat people um, really well. You have to treat them as as friends, as you know, people that are there to learn and also have a good time. So you've got to try and make it so they have a good time. I remember I used to work at a resort up in Queensland that actually had its own winery, one of the only oh, Queensland really? wineries I've ever tasted wine from that was good. Um, <laughs> but the uh, the cultural statement of the company's exact it sounds it echoes exactly what you were just saying. It was like where friends are treated as family and family is treated as gold. Mm. Yeah. Um, and that was the catch cry to everybody that walked through the doors of that resort. If you were a friend, you were treated as a member of the family. If you were a stranger, you were treated as a friend. And absolutely that, like we got to the stage where it was important to the executive management and the senior management that we learned our guests' names so that when we were serving them, we could serve them by name rather than just, how are you, sir? Or how are you, madam? It'd be, how are you, John? How are you, Francis? How are you, Judy? What are you up to today? I've got to be honest. I think um, 
the the customers that come have a better memory than I do. Um, <laughs> I, I remember the faces, but I am um, well, sometimes a little bit. Yeah, they also that's have expected, I think. That's the expected. They also have an unfair advantage as well. They only have to remember one <laughs> name, which is yours. So, and how yeah. many people you see during the course of the year is, is insane. Yeah, that's right. I yeah. was thinking there was there was something between you going back. To, to kind of not when you began, but going back a long time, there was something like eight years between you buying the vineyard and releasing the first vintage. What? Uh, it's what, actually what was longer the, than that. Um, was it longer? Uh, yeah, I actually bought the land in 1984 and oh, wow. we planted the vineyards from the early 90s. Right. Okay. So it's <laughs> I bought into yeah. a pipeline and. Um, it was just at the start of the viticultural uh, boom or takeoff, whatever you want to call it, and that was in the early 90s. So we started planting grapes, and then uh, uh, we'd planted most of the area that I had available up by 2001, and... Um, Oh, you know, we were getting bored. <laughs> we so only just you, built were, a vineyard. Were you selling grapes to other growers? At yes, that we stage? were. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Or so, the, other wineries, yes. Right, okay. So that's what you were doing in that period between actually planting the vines and releasing yeah, we, your own we, vintage. Yeah, that's right. We were planting uh, the the vines through the 90s and, mm-hmm. um, and selling the grapes that we were able to produce in that time. Yep. And then in uh, 2002, we started making some wine. We still didn't make it all into grape, into, uh, didn't make all our grapes into wine because uh, we just didn't have the marketing capability to move all of the, mm-hmm. right, all okay. of the product. Yeah. 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 So you were selling that to other wineries? And- Correct. That's yeah, right. Okay. Yeah. When did you stop doing that? When did you start saying, look, this is, these are our grapes. We've grown them. We've loved them. We, we still them. sell uh, grapes at this stage because we grow quite a bit more than I can afford to produce yeah. uh, into wine and also market. So mm-hmm. right, okay. we still sell to other growers at this so stage, other you, wineries Does that mean you stage. cherry pick the absolute best of what you've got or you um, actually take a look at the way it's going to behave all the way through the process and pick the best match for what it is that you want to do? There are a couple of uh, vineyards, which uh, a couple of vineyard blocks, which have become our favourites yep. over the time, and uh, we tend to favour those. But I've got to be honest, uh, as you, uh, as a different block develops, it develops different characteristics, mm-hmm. and and uh, there's one block that's coming on at the moment that we haven't picked our own from before, but is showing a lot of good characteristics mm-hmm. that could well become one of those favourites. Yep. you know what I mean? Absolutely. So, that, I mean, going back to the actual specific wine, the Cab Sav 2014, what, what does PJ stand for? PJ stands for Philip and Judy. Oh, okay. Judy wanted to go first, but JP's just sounds way too officious. It sounds <laughs> like you need an official JP, stamp on it. JP, and a signature, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It sounds like a bank. It sounds like a rubber stamp on a signature. JP sounds like yeah. you know Justice of the Peace. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah of it just wasn't going to work. Yeah, so. no, let's not do that. Uh, and PJ sounds so friendly. And, and uh, <laughs> PJ, PJ's your mate, you know. PJ's, yeah, PJ's, PJ's your mate. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone knows I'm, I'm a going PJ down the bar as well. With PJ, yeah. No, yeah. So, so it's a great marketing ploy as well because many people are uh, know a PJ. Yeah. Well, that's it. Well, I was saying this is a very accessible wine. So say, say maybe twenty five dollars for a bottle. That's correct. Yeah. So where where can our listeners actually get hold well, of your the, wine? We uh, we've been in and out of a number of uh, stores around the place. What we uh, say to be sure is just to contact the winery through yep. our website or telephone number mm-hmm. and just give us a ring and. We ship them out. direct. Yeah, we send it by Australia Post generally, which works pretty well for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, in all the time we've doing it, been doing it, I think um, there's only been about two cases 
that have been sort of like Genuinely broken, yeah. uh, okay. pirated or mm-hmm. something. Someone's <laughs> nicked the wine. Someone, who nicked my, my wine? wine? Yeah. My God. <laughs> who nicked my wine? <laughs> what a segue. Yeah, exactly. Fantastic. <laughs> really well. Right. So, Phil, look, what we've been doing with Who Nicked My Wine in this series is we've been winding up our interviews with a quick fire round of 12 questions. That oh, we've, I'm worried uh, now. Yeah, look, uh, look. Don't be worried. If you get any of these wrong... Um, you are in diabolical trouble. Um, <laughs> the only thing is that there is no right or wrong answer. Yeah. Oh, that's really very much like whose yeah. line is it anyway. The points don't matter. Um, however, what we would love from you is the first and one word answer. Um, all the questions are very very basic, um, but we would love to get we, we're loving to get every winemaker's response because. Even though they're the same questions, every answer is different. It's fantastic. Yeah. No thinking. The first answer that pops into your head. Oh. Okay. So, are you ready, Jim? It takes a long time. Do you, do, do you need a sip before we go in? Oh, like, sip, yeah, have a little yeah. sip. Have okay. a sip before we go in because once we're in, there's no getting out. Okay. <sighs> that so, is so much better. Excellent. All right. Question one. Red or white? Red. Australian or French? Australian. McLaren Vale or Barossa? Barossa. Dessert wine or dessert? Mm, dessert wine. Mm. <laughs> corks or caps? Uh, corks. Aperitif or, or digestive? Aperitif. Beer or spirits? Uh, beer. Favourite varietal? Cabernet. Least favourite varietal? Um, I don't really have one. Maybe, no, no. You're the second winemaker to no, say that's that? that's fine, that's yeah. fine. Yeah, that's fantastic. One thing you love about your job? I love the variety of people that I meet and the variety of wines that we get to discuss. Fantastic. One thing you would change about the wine industry? Um, I would change the uh, wines that they serve at functions because I think function wines are often not representative of what our wine industry is all about. And I think you have a beer drinker that goes to a function and he says, I'll go and see what these red wine drinkers are all about. And he has a function wine and it's maybe one that I even won't like to try. Mm -hmm. And then he thinks, God, they're all bloody, they've got no idea. And then they'll go back to their beers. And I think it doesn't do our wine industry a service to have really... uh, uh, less than favourable wines at functions. I think functions should almost be um, a display. Yep, a shop window. A shop window, I yeah. I love that answer. Mm-hmm. That's a great answer. That is the best one-word answer I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> no, that's a really good answer. Yeah. I love that. Now, if, I were, if, if I was Spot to distill that, distill that into one word, I would say mediocrity. <laughs> Probably fair enough. Yeah, yeah no, yeah. but no, that's a brilliant answer. Thank you so much for that. Um, number 12, the last question... What's your bucket list wine? Depends entirely on the situation because okay. I like so many wines. I don't think that I can easily say one word, one wine above another because it's like the people that come into our cellar door. They say, "Show me your best red wine," and I say, "Well, what do you normally like, or what are you what are you actually looking for?" Mm-hmm. Because if you're looking for something to go with a, a steak, for example, it will be different than if you're looking for a lamb dish or a spaghetti dish or uh, 
uh, a party or mm-hmm. whatever. It mm-hmm. will be different each time. So when we have really great parties and stuff, I think a, a great sparkling is a good way to start. Uh, I think lamb goes really well with my cabernet. I think Shiraz goes well with steaks. And, you know, I was going I, so to I say think that. it depends on the situation. Pinot, I love a Pinot, a good Pinot. Um, uh, I love uh, the some of the Italian varieties which mm-hmm. are coming through. So I love a whole lot of different varieties. And I I, I don't think I can reasons. give you an honest answer no, of nice. any one bucket list wine. Hey, that's go. that's fantastic. And look, you're not the first person to say that they can't put their finger on just one. Um, that's, and that's. Absolutely that's fine, fine too. That's great. Um, as a matter of fact, I think it's the best answer. Yeah. I, I don't have a bucket list wine. I have no. a bucket list wine list. I think <laughs> bucket list wine list. <laughs> a bucket list wine list. That if I managed to make it way, make I would be drunk and broke. Yes. Yeah. Broke yeah. before you're drunk, probably. Most likely. <laughs> but happy. But, but so happy, happy yeah. either way. Joyful. Well, look, Phil, again, thank you so much for your time. We've had a wonderful time, and we do look forward to having you back in um, in episodes to come. Um, I hope you enjoy your drive back to Langhorn Creek. And, again, thank you so much for changing my mind on Cabernet. Thank you very much. Who Nicked My Wine was brought to you by the Second Street Chili Company and N Plus One and Associates with theme music courtesy of Hannah Fairlam. Special thanks must go to the Doctor of the Dials, the Master of Bass, the Fifth Beatle himself. We'd call him Nick too if he'd let us. That's Tim Allen in the booth for Podcast Central. Our guest tonight was Philip Cross of Angus Plains and his cab sav. Nick, I've got to tell you, it's in my top five. Reet tasty. It is in my top five. Indeed. We're all over social media. Uh, we have two social media accounts. We do. That, which is essentially all over social media. Facebook and... Facebook and Instagram. Uh, Who Nick My Wine is, is, is our... What's it called? Monica. Monica. Handle something. Mm-hmm. I'm old. Yeah. Uh, on both, uh, we have an email address, whonickmywine at gmail.com. If you have any questions for us or any winemakers or any wine questions whatsoever, please uh, send them to us and we'll answer those in upcoming episodes. We'll read everything you send us. If you could rate us on Google or Apple Podcasts, that would be wonderful. It will help us reach new listeners. So thank you very much for listening and um, giving us your undivided attention again for this episode of Who Nicked My Wine? And from all of us here at Podcast Central and Who Nicked My Wine, we urge you to drink responsibly. And until next time, happy drinking. Happy drinking.